Hello guys, Abel here back with another video. First of all, I apologize for being absent for a while. I'm kind of having a crazy week. I have a rather special life occasion, which is part of the reason why I have this fancy beard cut, which I hope everybody noticed. I think it looks super dope. It's just kind of funny because my entire face is super tanned and then it's kind of white under where the beard used to be. But anyway, I don't want to go too long without recording a video, so I thought I would hop in and talk about one of my favorite topics today, and that is bulking. So I will be giving you, I think, four tips on how you can ensure that you will be putting on a good amount of muscle and not a ton of fat during your bulking phases. And similarly to how I did it in the last video where I was talking about training, and I was sort of giving you a decision-making guide on how you can set up your training to, if not ensure, at least greatly increase the likelihood that you will actually put on muscle during your training process. I kind of want to do the same today. There are no guarantees that you will be making really impressive lean gains during a bulking phase, but I think there are some principles that you can actually apply and at least increase the likelihood that that will happen. So once again, I want to acknowledge that there is a reason why not everybody agrees 100% about how to go about a bulking phase. There are some people who advocate for a very, very slow, methodical bulking approach where you're gaining weight very, very slowly. They say that there is no reason to put on basically any fat during the bulking phase. There are other people, very smart, very accomplished, who will say that no, you have to put on an appreciable amount of body weight and you have to accept a decent amount of fat gain to put on muscle. Both of them have some valid points that they're making and the main reason why not everybody agrees on how to go about setting up a bulking phase properly is because there are just a lot of things that we don't understand. Scientists don't understand it, bros in the gym don't understand it, and there are just some mysteries that we still have to uncover. Most of it comes down to the fact that, once again, it's really hard to actually measure muscle growth, so it's hard to tell whether what you're doing is actually working or not. There are a lot of things that mechanistically we just don't quite understand about what is the real impact of an energy surplus on muscle growth, what is the impact of a bigger energy surplus, what is the impact of a smaller energy surplus, what will be the long-term implications of being in a large calorie surplus and putting on a lot of body weight and also quite a lot of body fat on muscle growth. So for example, we do have studies which show that if you're gaining more weight, then basically you're just going to put on more body fat and not a lot more muscle. But most of these studies are pretty short. We don't know what's going to happen if you keep that up for six months, let's say. So there are questions that we are still seeking answers to, but at least there are some principles that we can apply. So what I want to start out with here is just kind of giving you the broadest kind of common sense stuff, which everybody agrees on. I don't think there is any controversy about the things that I'm about to say. The bros in the gym agree about this. Scientists agree about this. So if you apply these things at least, then we can be sure that at the very least you're not completely wasting your time. So some of these things include, you're going to put on muscle more efficiently if you're in a calorie surplus and you're actually gaining weight. Okay. Yes, you can put on muscle even in a calorie deficit. You can put on muscle while your body weight is going down. Yes, it is possible. It's been shown in science. It's been seen anecdotally tons of times. However, I don't think there is any debate that the most efficient way to actually ensure that there is enough energy for the muscle building process to take place is by actually eating food and making sure that you're in an energy surplus. So that is one thing. 
We also know, kind of just by common sense, that if you're going to increase your muscle mass, that actually has physical weight. So a very good way to ensure that that is actually happening is by actually gaining weight. So if the weight on the scale is going up, then you might still have a lot of problems that might be preventing you from gaining muscle mass, but not eating enough is most probably not one of them. Thirdly, we also know, and I think it just makes pretty good intuitive sense, that it's not just about gaining weight and it's not just about being in a calorie surplus, but it's also about being in a calorie surplus for a long enough time. So the duration of this whole bulking process also matters. And if you think about it, it has to matter. Otherwise, you could just go on a complete all-out McDonald's binge fast for one week and you would put on a ton of weight and you would get super jacked. But everybody knows that we don't get jacked in one week. That is something that happens over months and years. So it's not just about the surplus. It's not just about the weight gain. It's also about the duration of all of those things. Then we also know that you're not going to build up your physique to its potential during one single gaining phase, but it's going to take several successful gaining phases to actually build up the amount of muscle that you're ultimately capable of building up. So you can do everything right during one single gaining phase, but ideally you would set things up so that you can repeat these gaining phases again and again over years and years, and that's how you're going to build up the amount of muscle that you can actually build up and you have the potential for. And then lastly, it's also important to keep in mind that ultimately what drives muscle growth is not your diet. Your diet and the calorie surplus and the amount of protein you're eating is only permissive to muscle growth. The actual driver of muscle growth is your training. So first and foremost, you have to make sure that your training is on point. So if during your bulking phase, your performance in the gym is not improving, then you have to take a serious look at what you're doing in the gym. And of course, you also have to take a look at some common sense stuff. So is your recovery on point? Are you pulling an all-nighter every other day and you're not sleeping at all? Are you attending crack cocaine rave parties every week? Because that could be problematic for your recovery. So we have to use some common sense as well. But it's just important to keep in mind that ultimately, no matter how well you're setting up your diet, what's going to actually build up the muscle that you want to build up is your training process. So your training performance is something that you should improve during a bulking phase. So those were some of the big picture kind of fundamental stuff. And with that, now I want to give you my four best tips or some of my best tips to at least greatly increase the likelihood that your bulking phase is actually going to be successful. So the first tip that I have for you is to not obsess over the exact calorie surplus that you're in, but focus more on rate of weight gain. So I'm only telling this to you because I know that there are a lot of you that like to obsess a lot over exactly how many calories you should be eating to put on muscle. What is the perfect calorie surplus? Is it 150 calories? Is it 100 calories or 200 or 500? The reality is that you actually have no idea what exact energy balance you're in, okay? You cannot look inside your body and see those things in such detail. All you can do is start out with a decent estimate 
and monitor what happens to your body composition and what happens on the scale, okay? If you were a robot and I could hook you onto a computer and I could monitor the exact energy balance you're in and the exact processes that are taking place in your body, so how much muscle protein synthesis is going on, how much fat tissue synthesis is going on, then yes, I could give you an exact calorie prescription. But the thing is, we have no idea because our energy expenditure varies day to day. There are errors in food labels. And while we can get pretty close to estimating what your calorie requirements are, at the end of the day, it's all just an estimate. We can start somewhere and from then on, we will have to adjust anyway. Now, what sort of rate of weight gain should you be seeing on the scale? Well, as a general rule of thumb, everything up to 0.5% of your body weight gain per week is reasonable. 0.5% is kind of pushing it. I often like to see something slower than that. So in general, I would shoot for something like 0.2%, 0.25%. And actually with a lot of my clients that are pretty meticulous about tracking things, I have no issue seeing as little as 0.1% increase per week as long as there is a consistent increase on the scale and we can see the average going up over time. But the point is, see that increase on the scale weight over time. So the average weekly weigh-ins, those should be trending upwards over time. And if you're seeing that and it's an appropriate rate, then you know that you're eating the right amount of calories. Don't obsess over the exact surplus. Just start out with a good estimate and then adjust from there. Okay, so the next tip that I have for you is related to how much fat gain should you tolerate during a bulking phase. And this is once again, something that there is a lot of differing opinions about out there. Some people say that there is no reason to gain any body fat and your gain should be very, very lean. Some people say that you should be accepting some fat gain and that is inevitable. This is what I can tell you, and this is going to apply to everybody, no matter what your perspective on the whole body fat gain during a bulking phase thing is. And that is the, um, oh, sorry, my phone is ringing. So what I can tell you, and this is going to apply to everybody across the board. It doesn't matter what your perspective is on how much body fat gain is okay during a bulking phase. This principle applies to everybody, and that is, the amount of body fat that you should be putting on or should accept to be putting on during a bulking phase is an amount of body fat, which then you can get rid of in considerably shorter amount of time compared to how long it took you to put it on. I know that that sounded a bit messy, so I will try to dissect it for you. For one, I think it's a pretty safe assumption to make is that irrespective of what your perspective is on how lean your gains should be during a bulk, I think it's pretty safe to assume that whatever amount of body fat you will be putting on during your bulking phase, ultimately you will want to get rid of it. Okay, so that is one assumption that I think we can all make. Secondly, we established that you're not going to build up your physique during one single successful bulk, but it will take you several bulking phases to build up your physique which means that over time, you should be spending a lot more time gaining and being in a surplus compared to cutting. So if we put these two things together and we say that, okay, you put on a given amount of body fat during your bulk, and then it takes you just as long to take that fat off as what it has taken you to put it on, then that will mean that you spend as much time cutting as you did bulking which is not great because you want to be spending a lot more time bulking compared to cutting. If it takes you half the amount of time to take the fat off, that's better because then you bulked twice the amount of time compared to how much you are cutting. If it takes you only a quarter the amount of time to take the fat off, 
that's even better because then you are bulking four times as much. So this kind of puts some natural cap on how much fat you should be accepting during the bulking phase. And then of course we can think about how much fat can we actually lose in a given amount of time? Well, for most people with relatively average body fat percentages, the general rule of thumb of losing somewhere between 0.5 and 1% of your body weight per week is a pretty good guideline. So let's say for most of you that will lend you somewhere in between one pound and two pounds of fat loss per week that you can go for without risking muscle loss. So if that's how much you can lose in a week, then that kind of gives you some guidelines on how much fat you should be gaining per month, let's say. So for example, if in a month you put on two pounds of fat, that's not that bad because that you could actually lose in a single week. If you put on four pounds of fat, well, that might take you two weeks. So then it would be only a two to one bulk to cut ratio, which is not terrible, but it could be better. So simply using this as a guideline can already give you some idea about how much fat gain you should be tolerating during a bulking phase. Which brings me to my third tip, which is about monitoring your body composition. Because really, how can you actually plan for how much fat you will be gaining during a bulk? You cannot really predict that in advance. Now, there is one very easy kind of foolproof way of going about it. And that is, you set out for yourself that, okay, I will be gaining two pounds per month. That will be my rate of weight gain. Because then, even in a worst case scenario, let's say I'm gaining 90% fat and only 10% muscle. Okay, so 90% of the weight that I'm gaining is body fat, only 10% is muscle. Even then, I'm only gaining close to two pounds of fat per month, I can take that off in a week. So nothing bad is going to happen. So you can sort of use this sort of thinking as an insurance policy. And that is not a bad way of going about it. That's a fine way to do things. But I would say that in an ideal scenario, we could be doing better. And how we could be doing better is by actually monitoring our body composition week to week. Because let's face it, what if you're actually holding yourself back by only gaining two pounds per month? What if you could actually be gaining three pounds per month and most of that could be actually lean mass? Or what if you're monitoring your body composition and you're seeing that you're linearly gaining more and more fat week to week and you're just setting yourself up to need less fat gain by shooting for those two pounds per month? So in an ideal scenario, you would use some other metrics besides just the scale weight to actually see what's happening with your body composition. So what are some good tools to use for that? Well, of course, there are DEXA scans and in-body scans and BIA measurements and all of those things. Those are not nearly as reliable as most people think and they are complicated to get access to and are expensive and annoying. So I would say that my favorite method to monitor body composition and body fat gain is using body fat calipers. Now the problem with that is that it's surprisingly difficult to get hold of good body fat calipers. There are some really good ones which they actually use in research, but those cost over two, three hundred dollars. So that's an investment that you might not want to make. I myself use one called the AccuMeasure Body Fat Track Digital Pro or something like that. I'm going to be putting it up on the screen. It's a really good one. I got that about five or six years ago and it's working really well. It reads the skin fold thickness in millimeters really accurately and it's a really good way of measuring how much body fat you're gaining or losing. The problem is that it looks like they just took it off the market. I haven't been able to find it ever since. 
One recommendation I got from Manuel Hanselmans is a caliper called the Fat-O-Meter. I will link it in the show notes below. I'm not sponsored by them. I'm not having any affiliation with them, but Menno told me that that's a good one and that's one that he often recommends to clients. So a body fat caliper is a really good way to measure how your body composition is changing. It's not great for actually calculating your body fat percentage. For that one, it's actually kind of useless. However, to actually see if you're gaining or losing body fat is great because what it does is it literally measures the thickness of your skin fold. You pinch your stomach, you will get a reading on the caliper and you will see how many millimeters it pinched. And if that number is going up, then you know that you're gaining body fat. If it's going down, then you know that you're losing body fat. And ideally, what you would want to see during a bulk is that there is some sort of a discrepancy between how fast your scale weight is going up and how fast that millimeter reading on the caliper is going up. So in an ideal scenario, you would be gaining quite a lot of body weight and that millimeter reading wouldn't be going up much at all. Now, it will go up somewhat over time, but it really shouldn't be going up linearly every single week. So there should be kind of a difference in the slope of the curve of your body weight gain and that of your millimeter readings. So your body weight gain should go like this, and then your body fat caliper readings should have a much flatter curve. So that's what you want to see ideally. Now, if you don't have access to decently good calipers, then a second best option, it's much more rudimentary, not as reliable, it's influenced by much more things rather than just how much fat you're gaining or losing, is taking waist measurements. So everybody can buy some simple measuring tape and you can measure your waist. And there's a rule of thumb out there which I actually found to be reasonably accurate, which is an inch gained on your waist roughly equals five pounds of fat gained. And if you convert that to the metric system, then it would roughly amount to a centimeter gained on your waist roughly equals a kilogram of fat gain. That is a decent rule of thumb. Now at first, when you go into a bulking phase, then your waist will often expand at first naturally, even if you don't put on any body fat, simply because you're eating more food. But once things have stabilized, then you should not see a linear increase week to week in your waist measurements. So you can monitor that as well. And if you're seeing that, okay, my scale weight is going up, and my waist measurements are not going up linearly week to week, but they are just kind of going up here and there, but not in a linear fashion, that's once again a pretty good sign that you're making reasonably lean gains. So that would be my second tip, is to actually monitor your body composition. Now the fourth tip I have for you is to pay close attention to your training performance. So like I mentioned, the driver of muscle growth is not the food you're eating, is not the amount of protein you're eating, it's not the perfect calorie surplus, but it's your training. So your performance should improve as you're going through your bulking phase. More specifically, actually, what I would recommend that you pay close attention to is your relative strength. So how does that improve? So for example, if you're 100 kilograms and you're bench pressing 100 kilos for eight reps, just for easy calculation, and you're putting on five kilograms, so now you're 105 kilos, and your bench press only went up to 102 kilos for eight reps, then your relative strength, so the amount of weight you're lifting relative to your body weight, actually got worse. Now, it's still better compared to as if it didn't improve at all, 
but it's not great. Ideally, you at least want to see your relative strength maintaining or preferably improving. So if you go from 100 kilos to 105 kilos and now you're bench pressing 110 kilos for eight reps, that is great because your relative strength actually improved. And that is a very, very good sign that you're actually making reasonably lean gains. And that's why, by the way, I really like monitoring performance on movements like chin-ups. So if you're doing chin-ups and you can actually use more added weight over time as you're going through your bulking phase, so not only is your body weight going up, but you're using more external weight, that is once again a great sign that you're actually improving your muscle mass and the P ratio of your bulk is pretty good. And then my fifth tip that I would have for you is to feel free to use mini cuts during your bulk, but don't abuse them. Mini cuts are a great and very viable tool to kind of moderate the amount of fat that you're gaining during your bulk, but still keep the bulk going. So mini cuts are really a tool to prolong your gaining phase. It's not a tool to keep yourself shredded at all times. So this is how you don't want to be using mini cuts. You gain two pounds in a month and then you do a super aggressive mini cut and then you lose those two pounds in a week and then you rinse repeat that process. If you're doing that, you're kind of spinning your wheels. You can do these mini cuts and you can do your bulk in a somewhat cyclic fashion and that's completely fine, but still over time, there should be an upward trend in your body weight. So you can do a mini cut, but at the end of each of those mini cuts, you should still end up being slightly heavier than what you started. And at the end of each subsequent mini cut that you're doing, you should still end up being slightly heavier still. So the trend on the scale and in your body weight should have this upward trajectory. And this is how you use mini cuts in a smart fashion. It's a great way to prolong your bulk to ensure that you're gaining weight for a long period of time without putting on as much body fat. For that, it's great. But if you're using it as a tool to keep your body weight and your body fat percentage exactly the same at all times, Unfortunately, anecdotally, I can tell you that that is just a great way to be spinning your wheels. So yes, mini cuts are a great tool to keep yourself leaner as you're going through that bulking phase, but don't abuse them, okay? It's a tool, it's to be used smartly, not to be abused. So that would be my last tip that I would have for you. So that's pretty much all I wanted to say in this video. I wanted to give you some of the fundamental principles that you can apply and we will talk more about bulking in the future. So my camera is gonna die in one second, so I wanna thank you for your attention. Check out the show description if you want to be working together with me in a coaching, mentoring kind of format. Otherwise, subscribe for more content like this, and I will see you in the next video.